Would you please remain standing and join me in reciting the Shema, which our Lord Jesus would have recited every day of his life. Shema Israel. Adonai Eloheinu. Adonai Echad. Hear, O Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord alone. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. Our scripture this morning comes from the fourth chapter of the Gospel according to Matthew. Hear now the word of the Lord. When Jesus heard that John had been put in prison, he returned to Galilee. Leaving Nazareth, he went and lived in Capernaum, which was by the lake in the area of Zebulun and Naphtali, to fulfill what was said through the prophet Isaiah, land of Zebulun and land of Naphtali, the way to the sea along the Jordan, Galilee of the Gentiles, the people living in darkness have seen a great light. On those living in the land of the shadow of death, a light has dawned. And from that time on, Jesus began to preach, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is near. As Jesus was walking beside the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers. Simon called Peter and his brother Andrew. They were casting a net into the lake, for they were fishermen. And Jesus said to them, Come, follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. At once they left their nets and followed him. And going on from there, he saw two other brothers, James, son of Zebedee, and his brother John. They were in a boat with their father, preparing their nets. And Jesus called to them, and immediately they left the boat and their father and followed him. And Jesus went throughout Galilee, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the good news of the kingdom, and healing every disease and sickness among the people. News about him spread all over Syria, and people brought to him all who were ill with various diseases, those suffering severe pain, the demon-possessed, the epileptics, the paralytics, and he healed them all. Large crowds from Galilee, the Decapolis, Jerusalem, Judea, and the region across the Jordan all followed him. This is the word of the Lord. Please be seated. There's an old story about a rabbi in Israel who would wander around Jerusalem thinking and reflecting and giving deep wisdom. And one day he is wandering around as he was prone to do, looking down and shuffling his feet deep in thought. And he came upon a guard station and a Roman soldier there says, stop. And he looked up and the man said, who are you and why are you here? And the rabbi, stunned at the very presence of the Roman soldier, thought and reflected on the questions and replied thoughtfully, as most rabbis do, with a question. How much do you make? Confused, the Roman soldier thought about it and quickly said, 20 denarii. And again, the rabbi pondered. He looked up to the soldier and he said, I'll double it. If you'll come to my house, then stand outside and every morning ask me those two questions. Who are you? And why are you here? These are big questions for us that we face in many different ways every day, even if we're not aware of it. We deal with these things many times when we're meeting new people. I see it in all areas of my life. I see it as students go to college and meet one another. They'll introduce themselves. Hi, my name is Matt Scott. I'm from San Antonio. I'm a business major. 
I do it on the plane when I travel. You meet someone, you introduce yourself, give them your name. You tell them where you're from and probably where you're traveling to, and then very quickly it gets to, oh, what do you do? You start talking about that. I even do this with kids when I'm catching up with my friend's children. I know their name, I'll ask them how old they are, and I'll get some response with some kind of digits on their fingers. I'll ask them what grade they're in. I usually ask them what their favorite subject is in school, at which they most reply, recess. I'll ask them what sports they play or what instruments they play. I'm getting to know who they are and what they do, how they spend their time. We do this in funny ways in our culture. We usually start with our name, where we're from, maybe our profession. But are we really getting to the question of who we are? I always had difficulty answering this question until we dove into that deep study on identity here. And David kept coming back and hitting us time and time again with this reality that our true identity, the core of who we are, we are beloved children of God. I always thought it was funny that we would respond to people with the question of what we do with the statement of identity of who we are. If someone says, what do you do? Say, I am a preacher. Or what do you do? I am a teacher. I am a lawyer. I am a doctor. There's all these realities where I think we miss the mark on identity in our culture. People ask us who we are and we respond with things like our names or where we're from, or how we spend our days. But oftentimes we don't take time to reflect on the reality of what that actually means. I think that's what the rabbi is getting to in the story when he asks the Roman soldier to come to his house and ask him these two questions every day. Who are you? Why are you here? In our scripture this morning, it's preceded by a few chapters of us learning about who Jesus is. The Gospels start off with genealogy, telling us who Jesus' ancestors are, which is very relevant to us and especially in the culture of the time. They want to know, who's your father? What's your lineage? Where do you come from? They'll talk about the region that they come from, which oftentimes has to do with their family. And they'll talk about how this all originated. So it's relevant in that day to know where Jesus came from. We also get messages from heavenly angels coming to tell us amazing things. We see visitations to Mary, to Joseph, to the shepherds, to the wise men. There's all these messages from heaven on who Jesus is coming to tell us the Messiah, Emmanuel, God with us, the child of God. All these different things about who Jesus is. And then as he grows up, we begin to learn more and see this come to pass. When he's 12, we hear about him going to Jerusalem for the festivals. And he's in teaching with the teachers of the law, asking them questions, and they are amazed about what they learn from him at the age of 12. And he goes home and we hear about Mary cherishing these things in her heart. And then before this passage, we see Jesus coming to the Jordan River to be baptized by John. The heavens open up, the Spirit descends, and God's own voice echoes over his Son. This is my beloved child in whom I am well pleased. Delight of my life. 
And in all these things, we're learning so much about who Jesus is. And I would say specifically who God says that Jesus is. Because as we go on through the Gospels, this is debated. Many people push back and will say, oh, is he Elijah? Is he the son of God? Is he Moses? Is he crazy? Is he a sinner? Is he a heretic? Is he someone that we should nail to the cross and kill for all that he says and does? It's debated throughout the scriptures. Jesus even asked his own disciples, who do you say that I am? And Peter, as he always does, pipes up, you are the son of the Christ, the living God. And Jesus reminds us, flesh and blood has not shown you this, but the spirit of God. You see, even for Jesus, there was a debate in the world about who he was. The world told him something different than God told him. Who are you? Why are you here? In our scripture this morning, Jesus turns from a place of us hearing about who he is, a foretelling or a foretaste, if you will, to actually beginning his ministry. After he's baptized in the Jordan River, the Spirit drives him into the desert where he's tested for 40 days and 40 nights. He leans on his connection with God, his knowledge of the scriptures, the Spirit guiding and leading him, and he responds with the very words of God. He doesn't give in the temptation. And you notice every time that he is tempted, it is about his identity, about who he is. Satan is tempting him with questions on who he is. If you are such and such, then do this. If you can do this, then turn those stones into bread. The very world in which we live questions the identity which God gives us time and time again. But Jesus stays focused on God and not only who he is, but the, miss, the mission with which God has given him which we are introduced this morning in our scripture. Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is near. And Jesus goes about proclaiming this throughout all of Galilee. He is a man on a mission. Many of you will think of the Blues Brothers. We're on a mission from God. Jesus is the most intentional person to have ever walked the face of the earth, not distracted by what these other people tell of him or encourage him to do. He is focused on God and God alone, and he has this mission. And this is the message of it. Repent, the kingdom of heaven is near. He comes proclaiming it, but he doesn't just stop at proclaiming it. He actually does it. The scripture this morning goes on to say that he proclaims these things throughout the Galilee, but goes and follows it up with his actual life. He does these things. He feeds the hungry. He clothes the naked. He lives with homeless. He heals the sick. He satisfies those in need. He comes with the love of God for the people of God to reconnect us with the heart of the Father, which longs to reconcile all things to himself. Jesus comes to reconnect us to the Father. A man who knows who he is and why he is here. And I want to remind you a few things 
as we begin to look at who we are and why we are here, I think it's very important to remember who we're listening to in these areas. As I like to say, who we listen to about who we are. First of all, it needs to be someone who cares for us. Someone who knows us. Someone who has our best interests at heart. If we don't have these three things present in someone, it's probably not worth listening to their words about who we are. I don't know if you're like me, but sometimes when people speak ill of me, I'm surprised at how much that distracts me and I give it weight. My mentors have encouraged me to step back and consider who the people are that are speaking these things. Are these people that really know me? Are these people that really have my best interests at heart? Are these people that really care for me? If they're not people that we're willing to listen to on other subjects, why are we willing to listen to them and give credence to their words of doubt or hatred or shame? Who we are is something that drives so much of how we live. Simon Sinek talks about the difference between why and what and how in his book on the three golden circles. And he focuses in on different companies and leaders that focus on these different topics. How is how we're going about doing something. What is the very thing we're doing. But why is different. He highlights that why gets to the heart of the matter. Starts to pull on our emotions and draw us in. It taps into our motivation and our drive. Focusing on the why of why we are here helps us focus on the call of God in our lives, just as Jesus does in this passage this morning. He has come to call us and welcome us back to the Father and live into the kingdom of God. This why for Jesus is driven by the love of God that would not leave Jesus in the ground, but would resurrect him from the dead to reconnect us all through his Son and his Spirit. It is this love of God that keeps everything going and that changes our entire world. Who are you and why are you here? I'd encourage you as we reflect on Advent and where we have been with the birth of the Christ child and what we have learned of who he is and why he is coming to live here. That we see in the scripture this morning that he does not just come as a model or an example, but he invites us to join us on the journey as we see him calling us and the disciples. Come, I will make you fishers of men. This invitation from a rabbi to come and follow him held so much meaning in this context of this scripture. For those in Jesus' day would know it meant a calling to go and follow the rabbi through all things, through thick and through thin, day and night, that you would not only do what the rabbi does, but you would, in a sense, become who the rabbi is. You would become like him, being transformed in your very likeness. While this scripture can seem rather surface and rote for many of us who are familiar with it, there is a lot here on who God is, why he has come, and how he invites us to live. 
So as we turn to this new year of 2017, I invite you to keep these questions before you very often. Asking yourself, who are you? And why are you here? Amen.